Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. 
I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibrations. Shalom. of truth tonight, spirit of peace come in tonight, Yeshua and all the ancestors who have left to help us during these times of conflict and turmoil and insanity, just plain insanity. So tonight, tonight, brothers and sisters, we're going to talk about uh, Bruce. We're going to listen to Bruce Lipton. Bruce Lipton is one of my all-time favorite authors all-time favorite speakers, teachers, and just all-around amazing souls. And I saw this um, video on YouTube of Bruce Lipton giving his uh, wisdom, wisdom on the conflict that we are all witnessing in the Middle East. And it just blew my mind as usual because he comes through with so much wisdom, so much fourth and fifth dimensional verbiage reality. And so we want to we want to help you. We want to help you come into the same vibration as Bruce Lipton. We come, we want you to help us come into we want all of us to move to the fourth and fifth dimension. In order to do that, we have to um hear the words of Bruce Lipton and act on them. We have to be ready to resolve the war within, first of all, and then seek to send out send out a message to the world, to your friends, that you're in resolve resolution mode for peace. So I'm going to put on um, Bruce Lipton. It's about 20 minutes, and it really is it's necessary to hear the whole speech. And Bruce Lipton is a scientist first and foremost. He's a biolog. He's a uh, biological. Uh, let me say, cellular biologist. That's his training for over a century. Fifty years, this man was looking in high-power microscopes at cells and coming to some amazing uh, understandings, understandings about the world by being a cellular biologist. But he has since been teaching uh, all over the world, all over the world. I mean, literally from Argentina to Australia to America. He's just an amazing teacher. So I'm going to play uh, the YouTube video for you on here and you and on YouTube, my YouTube channel, as well as Facebook. And the audio will be playing uh, for my Blog Talk Radio. Studio. So let me bring that up for you. And it's just so important. Please take notes because we're going to, my, my, to go over his main points afterwards and let us work together to promote his points, his very important wise words. Let's, let's work together 
to promote the resolution, to dissolve the separation. These are some of the things he's going to talk about. So, so important. So please listen and share with your friends and uh, just be ready, be ready to respond and talk about it afterwards so that we can hopefully avoid a World War III, which is imminent right now. Just the words I keep getting from people in the military are just DEFCON 1. It's like, oh, no, we don't want that. DEFCON 3 was uh, actually what Kanye West talked about and got all the everybody upset about DEFCON 3. But DEFCON 3 is a mild, uh, a lower form of announcement. But DEFCON 1 is serious business, and that's what I keep hearing. So Bruce Lipton is here to bring some clarity and wisdom and much, much more for us in these really dark hours. Uh, so here we go. I'm going to start um, this video and and then um, I was giving this lecture in Tel Aviv. Okay, he was doing a lecture in Tel Aviv. So let me put on the audio for you. Here comes the audio. Please, please listen with overstanding, understanding ears so that we can move forward and be the peace that we need. Obviously, uh, as you're paying attention to anything, the new war is happening right now. The old war is back about four pages in. The Ukraine war, oh, you didn't know that's still going on? Oh, yeah, because we have a new war in front of us. And I go, what's going on? I go, this is a waking up time. Now, what's interesting is, there's always a tendency and has been a tendency for civilization to take sides, one side against the other side, who the winner, the loser. Uh, I love this one. There's a quote that goes, uh, war does not determine who's right. War determines who's left. I need to bring up something that's really critical about the evolution and why I'm not supporting. I don't support either side of the war. Well, let's put it this way. Alex and I are supporting humanity, <laughs> not governments and not war machines. We're people. And if you see the disaster in the Middle East, it's really coming home to people versus people. It's no longer soldier versus soldier. It's like everybody in the way is now part of this problem. I was giving this lecture in Tel Aviv at the University of Tel Aviv in Israel. And it was a big theater, maybe it held about 12 or 1,300 people for the show. But we had bust in from the West Bank over 300 Palestinians that have never even been in Israel. We're bust in to this place at the university where we were holding this conference. And I had just described to this group of people who were separated like oil and water, Palestinians over here, Israelis over here, not talking to each other, okay? They're in different worlds. So. And I just talked to them about the nature of things that we've talked about on this membership call and in the books and all that, and that is uh, the fact about programming, that the first seven years of a child's life is a programming period. And the rest of the child's life, 95% of it comes from the program. So I'm giving them this technical data, and they're all going, yeah, I got it. Okay, the programming for seven years, and then 95% of the life, blah, blah, blah. And then I put this slide up. 
and here I am in Israel, and got the Israelis and Palestinians, and I say, the problem, and then when I push the advance, these two pictures show up. And I said, look, you're programming these young boys on the Israeli side to play with weapons and machine guns and all that. On the right-hand side, you're programming young boys in the uh, Arab-Palestinian world, putting them in military uniforms and carrying guns. I say, what are you programming? You're programming. I say, do they even know each other? Do the kids on the left side of the screen know the kids on the right side? No. Did they ever meet each other? No. Do they hate each other? Yes. Why? Program. Programming did this. I go, this, how long has this been going on? It's been going on for generations. And whilst we talk about the biology of belief and the nature of epigenetics, genes don't control you. It's your programming that controls your genes and your behavior. And so the instant part about this that was so like, I could see them. The moment I showed these two pictures, this giant auditorium, you could hear a pin drop. It was dead silence. I go, why? It's in front of their eyes. It was in front of their eyes. Look what you're doing. Look what you're creating. You're manifesting hatred among kids that don't even know each other. But they'll always have that program because 95% of life is going to come from that program. And as I said, it was that quiet because they, all of a sudden it was visually in their face. What are we doing? We're programming. We're programming separation and violence. I put up the next slide, the solution. Arab Israeli boys walking arm in arm down. Arab Israeli girls holding each other in arms. I said, what does it represent? It represents that when kids play together, they're not going to kill each other. And this is the biggest issue. And it's really interesting because we have two dear friends in, uh, in um Jaffa and Israel, uh, Ehab and Orah. Ehab is Palestinian, Orah is Israeli. I go, so what? I said, they were both walking across the Sinai Desert toward each other. They didn't know each other. They were just uh, on whatever mission or thing that they were working on, but they're both walking across the desert toward each other. And they get about 10 feet apart. Uh, and like in the Godfather movie, they talk about they were hit by the thunderbolt. I said, what? They saw each other, felt each other, experienced each other, they stopped, and they took each other in. And guess what? Three days later, they got married. And why? It was designed and divine, and that's what they did. And so they're married, Palestinian, Israeli, etc. Now, Ehab went home and told his father he married an Israeli girl. His father truly took a knife, chased him around the house. He was going to kill him. His son married in Israel. It's a violation of the history of all this stuff. Meanwhile, Aura goes back to her family and says she married a Palestinian. They disowned her on the spot. Don't come home. Don't come back. You're not welcome here anymore. And they're both now outcasts living together. But love is what's held them together. Love is the whole thing that put it together. But now comes the interesting part. They have uh, a son 
and the son is now getting ready to go to school, like nursery school, kindergarten, and now the parents have to make a decision. Where are we going to send our kids to school? So they went and looked at the Hebrew school in Israel, and they go, nah, nah, that's, that's not good messages. Don't want to send them there. Then they went to the Palestinian school, and they go, oh, no, can't send them there. Bad messages. The only other alternatives, they went to the Christian school, and they both went, oh, no, <laughs> bad message. And they realized they couldn't send their kids to these schools. It just would, it would be bad programming. They created their own nursery school and kindergarten. It's called the Garden of Abraham. The reason for that title is Abraham is a prophet for both the Muslims and the Jews. So Garden of Abraham is like oh, a fertile ground for Muslims and Jews coming together with the same prophet. So these kids get together. They're kindergarten age, nursery school age. Guess what? They start playing together. They start learning each other's languages. They start learning each other's cultures. They're working and living and playing together, working, playing, being kids. The teachers are as Palestinian, teachers are Israeli. They all work together in teaching. The result is these kids grow up with deepest loving partner relationships with the other kids. There was no separation of Palestinian and Israeli. had nothing to do with it right there. And the point was so profound is that they would never, ever fight each other. I've seen some uh, mayors from some other bigger cities in Israel come and check out the school because they realized, God, we've got to put these schools in our area. Because not just the kids came together, but of course the parents who send the kids to the same school, they come together. And it was a healing that was beyond anything. And it's time for us to recognize that this is where we have to start fixing the problem. If we program kids to be violent, we program them to hate each other. Then we're programming an inevitable violent world with leading to war, which we're experiencing right now. So there's an interesting understanding of this. And uh, maybe this might be familiar in a second. I go, a prism refracts light. I said, what does that mean? Well, you put in white light on one side, and when it comes out the other side, it's split into the spectrum of the colors that make that white light. Okay? Now, here's an interesting story. All the different religious groups are looking for the white light to come back to the planet. They, well, in the history, the white light was different people. Muhammad, Jesus, Buddha. And they're looking for this white light to come back. And the point is, no, this evolution, when we wake up to our spirituality, recognize each of us is a piece of that white light. Each of us has our own unique vibrational frequency. Each of us is like a different color in the spectrum right here. And so what's the point? I said, well, what if we go to the, uh, take the color, the spectrum, and push it back uh, into the prism, and it comes out, guess what? White light. So you put white light in, goes to the spectrum, put the spectrum in, goes back to white light. So I say, guess what? Where's the white light? Where's the ones we're looking for? I go, what does that mean? I say, when everybody recognizes they're all part of the spectrum, everyone's a part of the spectrum, we can then put that spectrum of people back through the prism and it comes out white light on the other side. I say, yeah, but what? If we take one frequency out, 
let's just say we take the Palestinian frequency out of our rainbow. Just that one frequency. And I say take the remaining colors and push them back into that prism. Do we get white light? And the answer is no, you don't get white light. There's a conclusion. And here's the conclusion. We're facing an evolution. We've been in a state of separation for thousands, for 2,000 years here. But the evolution of humanity requires humanity, which is every human as a cell in the body of that humanity. If we start pushing cells out of the community, we're losing frequencies of light. And those cells are necessary to come back into the community because it's all of the frequencies that create the white light. We are what we're looking for. We're looking for us. I go, and how's war helping it? I go, it's not helping us. War is the separation of the frequencies again. So the point about it is we're in a world right now where the programming is, is actually causing a separation. The chaos is part of this. The evolution is still going on, folks. This is just part of the evolution. But it's still hard for us to look at. Hey, the Ukraine war is now a few pages back into the into the news. The new war is up on the front. And atrocities on both sides. And I go, is it one side better than the other side? No. They're both contributing to this problem. And the idea is what? Governments the hell out of the way. Get the programs the hell out of the way. I say, then what? And then we'll be like the kids in the Garden of Abraham. The kids that learn to love each other, play with each other, never even be violent against each other. I go, this is a lesson and a message for the entire world at this time. And this is why I really wanted to say it because how many different people asked me to make a comment in the sense of public comment of supporting one side, supporting the other side. I, say, I can't do that. I don't support either side. I support the people. And the simple point is this. Yeah, the Hamas attack is like a real, like, oh, my God. And I go, yeah, but you didn't understand something. The, the, the people in Palestine live on a narrow little strip of land, the border on one side, and shortly, about very big distance, is Israel. On the other side, they're squeezed between the ocean and Israel. And what has happened is... Israeli politics, especially the new leader Netanyahu, uh, was pushing the colonization of Israel colonies into the Gaza Strip, causing what? The upheaval of the people that live there, squeezing them more, squeezing them more. And I go, simple understanding. Israeli arch conservative militaristic concept of pushing the Palestinians against the ocean is squeezing them, is pushing them in the corner. They have no life. They've been prisoners in their own country. They can't even get across the wall without going through, just like criminals going every day through an inspection place to have their life. You have to go through, like, you know, the warden. Go through here. If you want to go to Israel, get your job. And the reality is they got pushed into the corner. Did they jump? Yeah, they jumped. With nothing left to lose. They got nothing left to lose. There's nothing there. And it's both government and politics. And humans are caught in the middle of all this. So where's Bruce's point of view? It's like, it's the damn programming, folks. 
it's the program that has separated us and it's the program that has to change to allow us to evolve into a very sustainable future. We cannot go into the future in armed camps. Never going to happen. Are we going to make it? As I mentioned many times, NASA scientists say 20 years, we're facing irreversible collapse of our civilization. I go, so we got 20 years to straighten out the problems. That's why all the problems are coming to the surface. The Me Too generation, women being rated as second-class citizens, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, race, again, separating people, okay? Uh, religious confrontation, like now we're doing that in Israel. Or even gender confrontation. I go, all of this is percolating. I go, why? It has to come to the surface to be resolved so we can move to a sustainable future. I'm looking at it. Does it make me happy? Absolutely not. <laughs> can I do anything about it? No, personally, I can't. But then I also look at it this way. It's working out the way it's supposed to. We are facing chaos. And the chaos is precipitated by the fact that we are not living in harmony with each other or especially not living in harmony with nature. And that what you're seeing is an evolutionary step. It's a war. It's barbaric. This is an evolutionary people. I take no sides because the only there is no sides to humanity because humanity is a unity. There is no division. And I'm looking forward because there's an opportunity of the white light. We'll be back on this planet, hopefully before that 20-year period of grace that NASA says nature is giving us <laughs> runs out. So look at today's world and recognize this is a lesson that we're supposed to be learning at this time. But it has no sides. Before we had this uh, conversation, we uh, were reminiscing a little bit about one of the first times that we got together. It was back in 2004. And the story of this is this concept of illusion separation. Which side are you on? I remember one of the first things you asked me at that time. This is when the George Bush, uh, John Kerry election was happening. And you said, hey, Alex, but wait, whose side do you want, Bush or Kerry? You know, and it's funny because that's historically been the case of being in, like what I like to call the game of monkey in the middle. You know, which 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 person are you running to to catch the ball this time? Oftentimes in that game, you never really do get the ball. And that whole illusion of separation, I've been told, is even a better way to describe it, the delusion of separation disorder. And this particular disorder is almost like what every single disorder comes from, is a separation. And we're always kind of running to get the ball and never actually getting it. What ends up happening is, is we get exhausted and then we end up falling on our face. So that's kind of where we're at now. So I really appreciate you recognizing that it's not about which side, it's not about which person you're running to get the ball from at this point. You always say, Uncle Bruce, you got to stop playing that game. You got to stop playing that program and create a new program. And one of the other interesting things too, is there's a very powerful symbol that you see in school a lot, but it's also a spiritual symbol called the Venn diagram. When you have two circles, and you always do these and compare and contrast essays where you take the two circles, you put them together, and there's a third perspective of similarities that emerges when you put the two together. Now, this is the real focus of our of our attention that you don't get on the news because the news makes money off of this whole monkey in the middle 
scenario. The third hidden perspective, as you so beautifully illustrated, Uncle Bruce, is the side of humanity. It's the side that all of us come together and share. What do we share as a common goal? And as you said, Uncle Bruce, we all share the same source. So thank you for bringing that message of unity. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that. It's very uh, hard sometimes because it, it, war is horrible and war is hell, as they say. And uh, right now we have to realize that we can change that program. We don't have to create a hell on earth. We can create heaven on earth if we start from within, recognize that everyone shares in this unity. So, yeah, let me just add something to that. A very positive side, because uh, Dorit, who has just written, uh, is and Israel's waking up, and the fact is yes, because they have to wake up. And so you get slapped in the face, and you, you either slap the other person back or wake up and go, what, what happened here? And Israel, I think four out of five Israelis are uh, against the government that was pushing the incursion of colonies into the Gaza area and displacing them. That even they're waking up and going, yeah, we just got brutally attacked, but guess what? Maybe we should recognize that we're not innocent victims in this situation, that we are participants in something. And it's, and it, to me, it's, a, it's, it's a horrible situation, but it had to be pushed to the worst situation because nobody did anything up until this right moment. And that's why I'm really uh, honored to see, especially a lot of uh, American, uh, uh, we've talked to Alex and I mentioned this before, uh, there's this difference between Judaism, a religion, and Zionism, a mission. Zionism is, well, United States practices that concept of Zionism. When we were founded about the 1820s and 30s, it was called Manifest Destiny. It said, these Europeans can now take over the entire North American continent by what? Pushing all the indigenous people out of the way, taking their land. I go, oh, we were playing that role. We were playing the Israeli role. And the Native Americans were playing the Palestinian role. And then when they fight us, then all of a sudden everybody came back and talked, no, all the Indians. I go, they were just trying to live. And, we were, and I go, same story, manifest destiny, Zionism. This is really manifest destiny. And the fact is, that is one of the most destructive uh, um, philosophies because it requires eliminating a population so you can have your control over the world. And I think, uh, and I was very hopeful because I see uh, a lot of um, uh, rabbis in the United States speaking up and not taking sides, saying, look, both sides are wrong. <laughs> and until that resolution, the war goes on. When is the moment of we are both wrong? Let's change it. Let's go to the Garden of Abraham and hang out. And that's, and that's the other thing, too, is there's a big question when it comes to activism. And the question of activism is, what can I do? What can I do to fix this problem? And I remember uh, Bharat Mitra from uh, Organic India. I remember seeing what he said one time, which was very uh, stuck with me a lot. When he was asked that question, what can we do to make the world a better place? And he just thought, sat there for a second, said, nothing. Don't do anything. Maybe doing stuff is what got us here. Maybe we have to say enough is enough and, and recognize
guy is the opposite of doing, which is being. Who are we? If we don't know who we are and where we come from, then what we do becomes second nature of a program that we didn't even put in there ourselves. So at this point right now, if we just learn to be and recognize that this is really the answers lie within, it makes a huge difference. And the final caveat to that statement, which I want to bring on some guest panelists, we've got some great hands raising your patients, is that if there is something that we can do, you know, oftentimes people will say in the country, you'll hear the, the pundits and the politicians and the, all the advocates say like, okay, well, we have to do something. Let's, let's give one side more weapons so they can fight. We're going to give them unwavering support to fight. I think that, you know, in the heart, it's coming from the right place. They want to do something like an activist would. However, they're not recognizing the third hidden part of that Venn diagram coming together. It's like, okay, if we're going to be giving something, instead of giving weapons, what if we were giving humanitarian aid? There's a concept to all the people that are suffering and getting hurt because you know what? In a battlefield, usually medics are not targeted by either side because they are the ones that get to cross boundary lines and cross the line of war and help the people that are suffering. And it's always a, it's a war crime, actually, to target medics. So it's interesting that if we were to focus on health, healing, humanity, how the, suddenly you are not participating in the war anymore. So that if you wanted to do something, help the people that are suffering. Don't don't continue and perpetuate the suffering. All right, Uncle Bruce. Whoa! <laughs> oh my God! Wow! Cool fireworks. We got a magical interface, don't we? <laughs> All right. A lot said there. And what we want to talk about um, is the being versus the doing. What does that look like? That's an important, important thought to discuss because we want to be more than do. And that's the resolution I think that many of us have to come to when we're in conflict. This is a huge conflict that we've been observing and witnessing and President Brandon, I want to say President Brandon, not the other guy, the light, Pinocchio. When Biden, Brandon, returned from Israel, he had a speech that he made on, uh, I guess, TV. I watched it on YouTube. And he said something that just so infuriated me, yet it was a half-true statement. He said, Investing in war is a good thing, or war is war is a good investment. This is what he, it was like a 20-minute speech, but those words really caused me to make a comment that um, the words that President Brandon spoke were half-truth, lies, and lots of deception. Let's think about for a minute that war is a good investment. That's a half-truth because Right here in Orlando, Florida, we have a corporation called Lockheed Martin. And you have corporations like Raytheon. Now, they employ probably thousands of people. Why? Because Lockheed Martin is one of the largest, if not the largest, military contractor in the world. So when the president says war is a good investment, 
There are a lot of people who are working for Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and all the other contractors and all the, the people and corporations who are contributing to this conflict, okay? So what if Lockheed Martin did, didn't exist? Well, thousands of people would lose their job, right? And thousands of people would heal their souls because I have said many times about the time I worked for someone who retired from Lockheed Martin, and he shared with me how every day at that corporation uh, he would see am an ambulance show up. Pretty, pretty much every day an ambulance would show up because people were experiencing heart attacks. And I had a neighbor who worked in, who lived in my neighborhood who worked for Lockheed Martin, and he had a heart attack a mild heart attack before uh, I moved from that neighborhood. So when, when the president says um, war is a good investment and we want, and he's asked Congress to approve billions of dollars for both of the wars that he thinks are a good investment. So half truth, deception, and lies. Because as Bruce Lipton has so beautifully explained, we have been in this separation for way too long, and it's causing much suffering and pain. And I keep having, I've had two um, sources tell me DEFCON 1 is coming soon. It's like, what? No, can't have. That's like nuclear preparation. So we need to stop being distracted. Let's talk about how you can become more of a being soul rather than a doing soul. And let's also talk about um, separation, how we can start thinking more of unity instead of separation and the programming that Bruce just talked about. How can we change the program? And tonight it's about family coming together here on Blog Talk Radio, here on Facebook, here on YouTube. Here on uh, this channel with uh, what I've been calling Boot Camp for Peace, it's time for us to really do something, do something powerful to avoid DEFCON 1, which unfortunately seems to be the next step. So we're going to take a commercial break, and before we go to the break, uh, our our uh, executive producer says they need to duplicate this school and open these schools all across the land among both Palestinians and Israelis. That's the school of Abraham. The adults need to agree that although they are messed up, they don't want their children to carry on this insanity to another generation. Correct. Thank, thank you, Naima. That's exactly what Bruce is saying. We need more schools of Abraham where people come together in love, unity, and break the program. And that's what we're doing tonight. We want to eliminate this programming amongst us adults so that we can move out into our communities, our society, and break this program that is leading us to nuclear war. If we don't do something really powerful, that is their next plan. So let's take a break. And think about uh, what your role is in the doing is in the being versus the doing. Uh, I'm going to open up my uh, executive producer's mic, and we're going to hear a few commercials. Oh, so your role is in the doing is in the being versus the doing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to open up my executive producer's mic, and we're going to hear a few commercials. 
right after this next commercial. So um, take this, we want you to just take some time to get comfortable and um, do some breathing. We're going to take a, a break. We're going to take a t- little time to meditate and breathe and go into an aware, a, a meditation of awareness, consciousness, 
that can help us prepare to be more than do. That's the key in in uh, Bruce Lipton's message is we've got to change the programming. Uh, so after this next commercial, I'm going to play this one commercial, and then we'll come back with some meditation. Radio TV show. <laughs> The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speak. Tuesday, Self-Self Care with Jody Toussaint. Wednesday, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursday, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Friday, Health and Well-Being with Beata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Viata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. All right, so we're back, and I'm looking forward to hearing um, from you, but let's go into a meditation to breathe in a new program, a new program, as uh, Dr. Lipton talked about, that does not separate us from our fellow human beings, basically. There's so much division that is being uh, promoted and created by our government, our media, medical system. And if we're going to participate in the boot camp for peace, there has to be a shift in our thinking and our being versus doing. So let me open the mic before we go into the meditation and get your thoughts. Um, and basically, we want to hear from you about the difference in the being and the doing. That's our our goal tonight. Our intention tonight is to help all of us get into more of a being of peace, boot camp for peace, being of, of not separating but unifying. Unity, unity, unity. That's the key. All this division has to stop because we are creating this war in our own uh, country here, in our own lives when we are continually not resolving the war within us. So I'm going to open up the mic to 773-450. What are your thoughts? 773-450, your mic is open. Good evening. How are you this evening? Wonderful. That's a great program that you have. Thank you. Obadiah, right? So I think it's a great program. It's interesting to talk about the conflicts that, that exist. You see the difference between doing and being. Is that the question? Yes. Okay, so now being is what you're basically told by society coming up, what you're supposed to be. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a nurse. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. They don't talk about 
character of what you're supposed to be. That's the difference in what you do versus what you just be. Once you do it, now you become an action word, and you're making a difference in the universe because the positive movement forward. And once you become that, being is different because society teaches you to be focused on me, my, and I. But you just what you're going to do and what you're going to do. So when you get to the top of everything you're going to be, and you look around you at the whole world and all these troubles that are going on, you're wondering, how can I be a part to help some of this? I thought I'm at this great level of success. I have money. I have status. But then you wonder why people that have all that commit suicide and have more problems than people that are even poor. But there's a difference between if you're going to do it, that's like people that believe in the church world. Let's pray. Well, prayer is wonderful, but then after you pray, if you don't get up and do something, then your prayer could just be in vain, right? Well, these are your thoughts, and I appreciate you sharing your thoughts because your thoughts are prayers. We don't think about that whatever we are thinking, first of all, becomes a prayer. And what you're expressing tonight, Obadiah, thank you, kind of confusing. It's kind of confusing because when you use the word being to describe how you should be, uh, it says that it's kind of confusing because then you use the word doing and being interchangeably, and people don't really understand the difference sometimes. So I'm going to give you an example of what I thought about when we had our, we had a meeting this morning, and uh, some of the ladies, uh, we were talking about the difference of, okay, women go, we're so distracted. Women are so distracted in their vanity. Let me just say that, many of us are distracted in that we need to go to a beauty salon, right, to be more like the the matrix uh, figure of beauty, European woman, whatever. We go to the beauty salon, we get our nails done. This is the doing. This is the doing part. I'm not going to use the word doing, but this is the action that women, many women take. We'll go to the beauty salon. They get their nails done, new nails put on and polished. They get their toes done. They get their hair done, they get a wig, they get a perm, whatever, perm, whatever. That's the doing part, okay? Then they go outside, and the minute someone uh, irritates them or triggers them, they're cursing them out. So uh, the being part is about being uh, conflict, in conflict. You did, you did the work to become so-called beautiful and vanity and all that. You did what you thought you needed to do to become more beautiful. And then that's part of, to me, the distraction, why we have so many women fighting each other and not in sisterhood. So the separation even between women is this huge separation. The being part comes in when I walk out of a beauty salon, I see nothing, feel love. That's the being part that we need to start establishing to undo the program of division, conflict, they're better, they're, they're against me, uh, I'm in competition. If her hair is longer than mine, uh, then I'm in competition. If her hair is straighter than mine, that's competition. That's the being that we need to change, is that we, we focus on the external part of ourselves, and then the heart, the heart is wicked. The heart is evil, the heart is hated, hateful. It goes out of the beauty salon, and the first person who says something that you don't like to you, ah, 
You want to hurt them. You want to slap them. That's the part. And the being part is love. What we're talking about with what Bruce was sharing, we need to be more heartfelt, loving people to stop the war within and the war out there that we have created. In so many ways, we've created this Middle East conflict because we have not been loving. We have not been the being, we are not being the love that our creator put into us. And it's the thoughts that are our prayers. If we're thinking evil thoughts, if we're thinking competition, vanity, all that, then that's a prayer that is going to manifest. So, Obadiah, are you feeling the change, the shift in what being and doing is? Of course. But you know what's interesting is the paradigm into society and what they're doing. It's like we could be in here, our inner being, saying we need to be part of a whole universal thing. In the meantime, you have a president saying he's going to spend over $105 billion giving it to Taiwan and two other countries that don't have anything to do with the confusion we have going on right here in this country. But they could spend billions of dollars on that problem and then tell us we don't even count. So when you're in a society like that, it already seems like it's insane for the first, second, and third place. It's like living in Chicago. They bring in new people from Google the Will at all these places, got the bus loads every day. And then it causes a, a, a fight between the people that are here and these new people that are here. Who's doing that and why? Who does it replace? Let's give them job visas so they can work. Whose jobs will they take if it's not the people that are already living there? This confusion is created deliberately between the people to fight each other and to keep, keep the conflict going. And then you know there's a world conflict of constant war. So when are we going to stop that? But to me, we're the ones that are stopping it. Because I've stopped doing anything that's related to violence or being negative at all. So if you stop yourself being young, you represent a positive mold in society. And you can start making a change because as you change, you will see other people saying, hey, there's another opportunity. There's something else that I can do other than what I'm doing. Sure there is. I actually ran into somebody that told me, well, I'm being ugly and nasty because everybody's being ugly and nasty to me. And I had to stop them and say, really, is that your measurement for greatness? How nasty you can be based on the nastiness of other people? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be better because you're nasty. Absolutely. We have been reacting to the behavior of, of ignorant people, uh, selfish people, narcissistic people. We've been reacting to other behavior in, in a negative way instead of being the love, the compassion, the patience, the wisdom, all those virtues that First Corinthians talks about. Instead of being the love, the compassion, the patience, we have been reacting and doing the 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 hatred as as Dr. Lipton pointed out, why how what's going on in the Middle East is that they've been teaching hatred, and in some ways we've been teaching hatred here in our society by recognizing that people are different among us. 
There's uh, there are different races and diversity. And you realize in the United States, we represent every country in the world. If you think about it, there is a country represented in your state probably everywhere. Every state in the United States has Palestine, has France, has Spain, has Israel represented in that state. And yet our government, we have allowed our government to drop bombs on those countries that we represent in our state. This is the insanity that we have to change with our being, our being a voice. Let's say, how about we be a voice of resistance to this insane government? That we be a voice, not not just doing things in your own community, but be a voice of resistance to what this government is doing when investing in war. Uh, the president said war is a good investment. Is it a good investment for you? If so, if it's not a good investment for you, why aren't you using your voice to let this government know that no, it's not a good investment. We don't want an investment any longer in war. We don't want an investment in Lockheed Martin. And like we made, we have made Lockheed Martin fill their more billions of dollars because of the attitude of this president and the Congress and all the government employees who are getting money from the uh, the military complex. We have made our voices silent in the resistance to this insanity. So how about number one, we start being a resisting voice to the insanity that our government has been promoting for years and years with this military and corporations getting richer and richer on the death and suffering of the very people who, the very countries who are living in the United States. How insane is, how much insanity should we tolerate and be complacent about? We should all be in an uproar about what's going on in the Middle East because it's represented here why are so many countries expressing hatred for the United States? Because we have been involved in all of the suffering of the people who we represent in the United States who live over in, in Europe. They represent, they're represented here in every state of the United States, and yet we're dropping bombs on their countries. This sanity has to end stopping the programming of hatred. So it's time for us to raise our voices and resist the voices of presidents like we have now who think war is a good investment. How do you think war is a good investment? I'd like to hear from some of you. If you think it's a good investment or a bad, why, why aren't you doing something? If you think it's a bad investment, we have become complacent to say, yes, war is a good investment. Let's put more money into our military so we can bomb the hell out of other countries, oppress other countries, pull down governments. This is the stopping. Def, I don't know if you know what DEFCON 1 means. DEFCON 3 was uttered by Kanye West, the rapper, as going DEFCON on the Jews, he said, uh, several months ago. And it was only a warning state. DEFCON 3 is only a warning. DEFCON 1 is nuclear, is imminent, and about to start. That's where we are, folks, from the military intelligence that I'm receiving. It's up to us to stop it. Because if you think we're not going to be affected by nuclear war over there, 
we are sadly deceived and mistaken, just like our president, who is issuing all these lies and deceptions on, in a speech that he gave recently. Let us stop and pause and take, um, yeah, we're going to do some meditation for uh, about five minutes. And the meditation intention is to think about how you can be the peace, the love, the joy in your community, in your household. That's how it, that's what starts the change and the hatred that we are witnessing in all over the world, really. We've got bombs dropping on Syria now, Lebanon. This thing, you know how hatred spreads. Let's just spread the hatred instead of the love and the peace. That's what's going on. The hatred is spreading, and the love is, is, is silent. Our voices of resistance to this hatred are silent right now. We are not, many people are not saying a word. We're too busy getting our nails done, more hair and more pedicures and more uh, BS instead of letting your voice be a voice of resistance. So let us meditate for a minute, five minutes or so, to get into a program, a new program, a new program of voice of resistance, of peace. Boot camp for peace now. we got to get into Boot camp for peace, but here is a five-minute meditation to start us off. Breathing in, taking in the breath, expressing the breath that brought you into the atmosphere of earth that gave you life, taking in, breathing in life. Let it go of toxic, hatred, emotions, war. Let it go of war inside of you. Breathing in life and peace. Let that be your rhythm. Breathe in life and peace. And exhale war and hatred and any other conflict you may have. Breathe in and out. Many of you are carrying hatred for yourself. You don't even love yourself. But let's breathe in life and love for self. Take a deep breath in for life and love for self. I love myself. I love this body. I love my, my heart. And exhale the hatred, division, separation. Exhale, let it go. Breathe in. Breathe in the toxins. Keeping us from breaking resistance to the nature of war from the government. Breathing in peace, love, life. Breathe it in, your soul's being. 
grateful. Being, we are being tonight, not being but being grateful for all that we are. Breathing in that this new attitude. Breathe it in. I am grateful. No complaining. No division. No judgment. Let go of the judgment. Letting go. Letting go. I am grateful for all I was. Everything in your past. Prostitution. Pouring. Be grateful for it. It's in the past. Military, be grateful for it. You were a soldier in Vietnam, be grateful. grateful. It's in the past. Be grateful. Be grateful. You're an adulterer, be grateful. It's in the past. You're a liar or cheater in the past, be grateful. No regrets. I am grateful. For all I will become. All right. We're being, we're becoming love. We're becoming unity. We are becoming harmony. I'm grateful for that. What we are becoming. All that we're becoming. We're transforming the program of war. No more program of war. We're transforming that. We are becoming peace, joy, love, harmony. All of that. Take a deep breath in and let it out. So how is that? How are we feeling out there now? Any changes, any shifts in your being? Any shifts out there? Press one if you want to comment, if you have uh, a testimony of what have you been going through. Have you been in pain lately? And here is another uh, lesson for us. If you've been enslaved mentally, programming that says you have to do, 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 here is some advice about escaping that mental enslavement. The infamous Stoic philosopher Seneca once wrote, show me a man who is not a slave. One is a slave to lust, another to greed, another to ambition, and all men are slaves to fear. All humans subject themselves to mental enslavement. Historical conquerors, politicians, the CEOs of today, your bosses, all of them rule over many, many people, yet fail to rule their own minds. The most recognizable Stoic philosopher, Marcus Aurelius, wrote in meditations, Alexander and Caesar and Pompey, compared with Diogenes, Heraclitus, Socrates, the philosophers knew the what, the why, the how. Their minds were their own. The others, nothing but anxiety and enslavement. Stoic philosophers looked to teach us to think beyond our emotional instability, free us from mental enslavement, free us from the turbulence of our emotions. Aurelius himself faced his own mental demons. Stop allowing your mind to be a slave, to be jerked about by selfish impulses, to kick against fate and the present, and to mistrust the future. How do we overcome mental enslavement? Stoic philosophers hold the keys to understanding a mindset and way of thinking that can be extremely applicable to living a good life. 
a productive life. The idea of inserting personal responsibility into your personal philosophy. We often want to blame others for our state of mind, our job, our wealth, not having the same privileges as others. But do privilege and wealth truly help you escape mental enslavement? Just look at Hollywood. Look at all of the stories of dysfunctional behavior in Hollywood, where a star is one bad decision away from being shipped off to crazy town. Money and fame cannot buy you mental freedom. We all suffer setbacks in life, events out of our control, losing loved ones, facing financial ruin at the hands of others, rejection and heartbreak, putting endless effort into a project only to be left crushed when it fails. Every single one of us forms our own unique identity, the story of you. Fate leads the willing and drags along the reluctant. Life moves on a linear line, like a movie. You can choose to be an actor or choose to be the director. Allowing those conquerors, bosses, politicians and CEOs to have more power over us and our own happiness than we do is to be stuck in our own victimhood. By believing other people and circumstances control how we think, feel and dictate the choices we make is to live in mental enslavement. Overcoming this mindset, freeing yourself from victimhood can only be done by embracing a philosophy of personal responsibility for your own choices. We cannot allow ourselves to take pride in casting ourselves as the victim only to regard others as victimizers, taking joy in our misery wearing our misfortunes as a badge of honor, justifying our own self-pity. In reality, it allows us to wallow in our own mental shortcomings. Make the best use of what is in your power and take the rest as it happens. The world owes us nothing. Believing others are advantaged where you are disadvantaged does nothing to change your circumstances. There is no knight in shining armor coming to rescue you from your own mindset of victimhood. When we embrace the mindset of victimhood, deflating our personal responsibility, just remember there are many politicians and bosses at the ready to exploit your false belief. It can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you, inside or out. The beauty of it all is our ability to take a pledge for personal responsibility. That's something to be hopeful for. This should make us hopeful, and those around you hopeful, when witnessing being free from mental enslavement. Then we can free ourselves from victimhood by understanding the responsibility in our own choices. Where you work, what you buy, what you read, what people you surround yourself with, what attitude towards life. Those are choices only you can make. When we start taking personal responsibility, you realize life is fun. Life is too short to take every decision so seriously. Work with what you can control. So he says life is too short to take every decision so seriously. How about DEFCON 1? Is that serious enough for us, brothers and sisters? DEFCON 1 is what I keep getting messages. That's what's next. That's uh, nuclear war. So our blood, their blood over in the Middle East and everywhere, we've got people suffering all over the world. So we can look at 
all the suffering over the, all over the world uh, as a symbol, as Dr. Bruce Lipton said, of conflict showing up at this time to be resolved. How do we resolve them? We come into unity. We come into harmony. We stop playing the victim and we play, take personal responsibility, which some of us don't know what that is. We're so used to being in victim mode. Look what they did to me. Look what we're, we need reparations. We're victims. So we need help. We need help. We need help. Instead of taking personal responsibility, changing your mind, changing your attitude, letting your voice be resistance to this psychopathic, insane government that we're under right now. Crazy, crazy, crazy that we have allowed this government far where they think uh, bombing and war is a good investment. That's how crazy it is right now, people. Our government, our president stated just a few days ago, war is a good investment. Whose mind is that? It's not my mind. So I have called I have called my local senator, my uh, national senator. I've called and sent messages to everyone, and I think we ought to be doing that every week, at least to let our voice resist this insanity that war is a good investment. Hallelujah. Yeah? Let me go to the phones. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to you, Obadiah. I know I got a text from you, but Mama AZ has raised her hand, so I'm going to let her speak first, and then I'll go back to... Seven seven three four five zero, and then seven zero six two zero two. You're next. Go ahead. Uh, I believe this, Mama AZ. Your mic is open. Go ahead. Yes, thanks, <clears throat> Dr. G. Yes, give thanks. Uh, I give thanks for you. Go ahead. Give thanks. That that meditation. I have been looking and looking and looking for that meditation. Is, is that the guy? that's on the uh, ocean or by the water and he has these pointy toe shoes on and he's dressed in a suit i have no idea you know i I am grateful please tell me that's the one i have no idea because um i don't see the video when i play that i'm just playing the audio and i'll try and find that for you um it's a little old i've had that for a while in my uh queue here that that meditation has really gotten me through some really really tough spots. I know, and I know. and I was, uh, I'm I'm serious. Uh, uh, I'm serious, Doctor V, and I am being grateful. When I look at my bills, uh, $250,000 for surgery that's coming apart, I don't say, well, it's the doctor's fault for doing whatever in an incorrect manner. He did what he he thought he was supposed to do at the time. And so I'm saying I'm grateful just to wake up and have a roof over my head and I'm not on the street dealing with these issues with the screws coming through my bones and all of this. It, it, you know, I, I'm just being grateful for a drink of water, being grateful for an avocado, being, being I'm serious, family. I'm, I'm serious. 
And we are all a part of what is getting ready to unfold Absolutely. as far as the war is concerned because of our prejudiceness, our thinking. I mean, all of us. I don't know if you remember uh, Jasper, Texas, but look it up. Bird, Jasper, Texas. You see, we have to find a way to come together as a unit, no matter what package or packages that we come into in this lifetime, we must find a way to heal or to at least start the healing process. That is what Miracle Valley here in Arizona is about. That is what the healing church there in Harvey, Illinois, was trying to bring about a difference. But people seem to not want to deal with those issues. It's just not Harvey, Illinois, and the Miracle Valley, uh, Arizona uh, uh, Temple out here. This is happening all over. Yeah. And it is showing us, even with Jasper, Texas, what happened there was brought to my attention from a dream. And when I turned my phone back on, Dr. V, there it was, just like the shootout in Miracle Valley, which I have been researching since 2006, and nobody... Uh, uh, seems to want to address how divided we all are in the packages that we come in. All races of people. That That is why we came back on this planet for just this time. It's, it, it's trying to show us something. Just like Pastor Thomas of the Miracle uh, Healing Church there in Harvey, Illinois, her daughters are taking on her legacy. But still, and yet, they still have a deep link to Cochise County here in Arizona. And, and, and uh, uh, many of us do not want to accept the fact that it's deeper than just repar reparations, Dr. V. Reparations is, is really not going to do anybody any good in a good way. It's, it's deeper. It's deeper than that. And if the families do not come back together again, then it, it's going to escalate. We are the ones that we've been waiting for, and, and that's uh, video, Bruce Lipton is deep. You have to really listen to what he is saying, family. Don't shove it up under the freaking rug. 
really listen to it. And I thank us. Thank us. Thank, thank us, Dr. And I just love, thank I, I really appreciate what you said about you are being grateful. That's, that's where the, the, the vibration starts to rise when each one of us can say, I'm being grateful. Instead of complaining about everything, we're not getting reparations. That's a complaint. I'm sorry. That's not gratitude. That's a complaint. So that lowers the vibration when you're saying, why aren't we getting reparations? We need reparations. Lowering the vibration. How about just being grateful that you live in the United States of America and not in Lebanon or Syria or Israel or Palestine where the suicide rate is so high, even though the suicide rate here in the United States is high, it's high because military men and women have come back from the war and decided life is just too hard to be in this body after a war uh, of the soul. That's when suicide hits our military men and women. They have experienced war. They come back and they want suicide. How is that? So if we like suicide, all right, let's just keep your voices down. Don't resist that this psychopathic, insane government thinks war is a good investment. If we don't speak up now, heaven help us. And that's where we are. As Bruce said, this is a transition we're going through where all this conflict needs to come to the surface. The wars, the uh, suicides, all of this needs to come to the surface so we can, what, push it back down? No, we need to deal with it, resolve it. What is it all about? What's this conflict about? Why are we here? Programming, of separation, and on and on and on. Let me go to, uh, okay, 706-202. Brother Kwame, your mic is open. Thank you for being here. Good evening, Sister Viata. Good evening. Yes, how are you? And very grateful. You know, it's been a very good time to be alive on this planet. Yes, and it is. the thing that Bruce is talking about is, you know, the part that we have to understand with him understanding programming our DNA and unprogramming ourselves. And it's an inside job. Because, yes, they're doing what they're doing around the planet. But we have to understand our world begins inside. And if we begin inside, then you have a part to, as it says, if there's no enemy within you, the enemy outside of you can't harm you. And, you know, I, you spoke about and I sent you on heart now. And being able to go and sit up on the earth, and be able to send the energy into Mother Earth, do the soil, do the wood right well, you began to change the frequencies. And in that part of changing the frequencies, we have to speak that which is in us and clear. Because the thing that happens when a lot of this is going on, that we're doing all of this talking and talking, but you have people and myself included, we have wars going on inside of us. So how can we speak of wars outside when we have a war inside, when we're battling the diet that we're in, we're battling the, the thoughts that we have because we haven't changed that which causes the battle within ourselves. Yes, we're being distracted from healing within because as Mama A.C. was sharing, 
James Byrd was dragged behind the truck, so his head came off of his body Yikes. in Texas that she was talking about. And the thing is, is that we have tragedies here that we have going on, and we're focusing about something on the other side of the world. Yes, that's bad and that's happening, but we haven't cleaned up what's happening in our streets because every time we go up our, down our streets in our community, we have homeless people, we have homeless children and mothers out on the street, and we're not looking at changing that, but we're worried about someone who's doing something that really is a part of their own funding and creating that illusion that they're doing with each other. But you not hearing about what happened in Ethiopia, what happened in these other countries, you focus on those people instead of our people. All of us are human beings on this planet. And what we have to do is stop falling into that trap where one is greater than the other or those are the chosen ones. No. The sun shines on everything on this planet when it rises and sets. So how are we to make difference than what the sun that gives light to the planet does? And that's a challenge because we're being so distracted by media and so into somebody else's fault that we forget about what's happening right up under our own noses and our own streets in our own communities. We've got to look at how we change because the iceberg, yeah, we see it above water when we sail, but look how much is in the subconscious that Bruce talks about. You've got to reprogram your behavioral subconscious. You've got to do the epigenetic work. You've got to reprogram that DNA that we have had programmed into us through the sources that you're talking about. Because as long as we keep speaking war, you're putting war into the air. Each time you speak about that incident, you're speaking the energy and you're giving fuel to it. Absolutely, thank you. Um, I read a I read a proverb. You might relate to this. Some of you might relate. To, I read a proverb this morning that said, "The scoffer or the scorner, and contention will leave." Yes, strife and reproach will cease. So I thought about how much that applies to our personal being or doing. When we are when we are carrying our own scorn, our own strife, our own scoffing, which is, I, I looked up the definition, it means contempt. When we're carrying our own personal contempt for self, that is why strife and reproach haven't ceased in our own lives and especially in the world that we live in because we have not learned to be gratitude, to be resolution, to be resistant, to be all the things that could change this programming of hatred, we have not learned that. So this is why we're in boot camp for peace, I call it, that we can begin to train. It's a training process. It's not going to happen overnight, but the whole purpose of a boot camp, right, is to train and prepare for the war or prepare for the battle, prepare for the conflict. Uh, but, Obadiah, your mic is open. You had a, another comment? 
Okay, your mic is open. You asked for your mic to be open. Oh, yes, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Are you there? <laughs> okay, yes. No, well, first of all, I was going to say, it really reminds me of the scripture. There's two things. It says, one thing says to separate yourself from a mother. The other one says to put on the whole armor. And you have to have a, a helmet of salvation to protect yourself from the types of things that you hear and how it affects you. It's not just saying when all you look at on television is a bunch of war and you keep hearing it over and over again, how does that unsettle your inner being? So at the end of the day, we have to make some changes. First, we're not even part of this world. Look at all the conflict and contention that goes on you couldn't possibly be a part of peace and be a part of that, but you can make decisions. There are people, for example, they won't watch television or they watch the program and they watch but all the different channels they have. In the scripture that talks about you have to have a girdle for your loins. Men can't or women can't be controlled by their physical desire to that full extent. You have to Detach yourself from the way society even raises you up. It has to become you in your thinking and in everything that you do. The majority of everything that you do is wrong or not, not in its divine state. So we do all of the above. We change our diets from what they tell us that we should eat. When they tell us to take shots because they come up with viruses, we don't do it. We are already on another level, as a matter of fact, just because we're beyond that. We're part of the new paradigm where all of the rubble is left from all of the wars and everything other people are caught up in. We're going to be the ones that bring people to the next step because we're not even on that. That's why, in a sense, it seems like when you advance, it's like you're in a movie theater and you're in the balcony while the world is out there going on on all the crazy. You're not really even a part of it, so you're allowed to go down there to help the people. Other than that, you're not part of this craziness. How can you say you want to keep those people that got elected here by you? Won't even do what you have to do. The whole system is insane. And lastly, just because if someone was going to pay reparations, it would be due to those people that built the country. But you know what? You can't wait a lifetime for somebody to take care of you. You have to do what you have to do for yourself right now. I mean, you stop depending on other things and people to control your environment, and you get in the center of your own existence and find out who you really are, and everything you need is provided to you for your purpose, with your changes and challenge that you need to use to help liberate the world and help liberate your own life. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. So thank you, and, and thank you. Appreciate all of that because um, we have to be liberated and rise up uh, from our Native American heritage. I, I created this collage uh, with all the pictures that I have of my ancestors, my great-great-grandmother, my grandmother, and what came through for me in that collage was my Native American ancestors. 
my mother's side of the family, strong, strong Native American, the uh, lighter skin they have, most of them, and their straighter hair, but their Native American warrior spirit came through in this collage. And then on the other side, my father's African spirit comes through, the darker skin and all his relatives. And so I want to play this Lila June, All Nations Rise, because we are all a blend, a blend of nations that came to the United States and blended with uh, Mongolians, with Chinese, Italians, Irish, uh, Europeans. We all came here and blended together. And it's now time for us to rise up against the programming that this government, insane government has perpetrated on all of hatred, this programming of division and hatred. That's what we have been up against, even though all the nations exist in this one uh, turtle island, as, as Kwame would say. All these nations came together, and now we're all, we've been all controlled, manipulated, maneuvered, propagandized by a government that has taken over the world to be, to create the best investment in the world, and that's bombs and wars, the insanity of it all. So let's uh, take in this song, All Nations Rise, as a motivating musical inspiration, spiritual inspiration, to remember the ancestors left to help us now. They're here to help us now to overcome this insanity. They went through what Bruce called manifest destiny, the same things going on today with the Zionists. That's the lesson for us to look at our past, look at our past with our Native American uh, ancestors, and they moved them out of the land, put them in concentrate now, or put them in reservations where they have alcoholism and all kinds of dysfunctions going on now. And we're seeing the same thing happening in the Middle East with the Zionists being the oppressors and moving the people into Palestine uh, into a place of desperation and, and, and uh, without electricity, water, food, and, and into a place of just pure hell. So let us remember what our role is today, all nations rise. Shine your light, we are equal. I remember the days when our prayers were illegal. I remember the days when being Indian was reasonable. Yeah, we had a rough past, but get ready for the sequel. Get ready for the glory and come back of people. Oh, yeah. Rise up, all you warriors of love. All you answers to the prayers of our ancestors from above. I can feel it in my heart. Can you feel it in your blood? I can hear the sound of fire calling us to wake up, wake up. All nations rise. Rise up, cause now's your time. We don't have to hide anymore, cause now's the time. All nations rise. We don't have to hide anymore, cause now's the time. 
Pray forgiveness at my bow and my prayers and my arrows. Pull them back and let go. I watch them fly like sparrows have hope. Yeah, I have hope. With compassion as my shield and faith down to my marrow. I will walk the fallen path even when it gets narrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm great. Yes, you can bet. Yeah, we've seen the single mama raising children on the rest. We've seen domestic violence, terror, power we have left. We've seen the alcohol take it all and leave us dead. We've seen the children take their lives when they can't take the dread anymore. Can't take the dread anymore. No, we can't take the dread anymore. No, we can't take the dread anymore. It's a war, but we've seen it all before, and now we know we can change it, cause that's why we were born. We know we are the ones that we have been waiting for. We are the ones where I have been waiting for, all you warriors of love, all you answers to the prayers of our ancestors from above. I can feel it in my heart, can you feel it in your blood? I can hear the seven fire calling us to wake up, wake up. Palestinians. 
we should be pro-Native Americans. What happened to our ancestors? The same thing that happened to the Palestinians has happened to our ancestors who are on reservations now suffering from alcoholism and the same depression and oppression that uh, Palestinians are going through. We have one in Kentucky. We should be now educating ourselves about this country and that country and why we need to change the programming of hatred and the programming of oppression and manifest destiny that said, we're going to take your land and we're going to control you. Because that's the ultimate uh, goal is eliminating the population so that we can be controlled. We have been through this for the last three years. We all experienced three years of depopulation so that the elite and the, uh, the wealthy billionaires can control the population. So why would we sit back and allow this to happen again? The, the, the whole process is just uh, manifesting in a different way. We're seeing of the last three years the effort to depopulate the planet and control, depopulate control. That's what their agenda, the agenda is of the elite and the globalists and those who are uh, psychopathic. And then our president steps up and says, war is a good investment. Well, no, war is not a good investment because you have people in the state of Kentucky, one of the, the most poverty-stricken locations in our countries in Kentucky. But there's also uh, a great deal of poverty right here in Florida in some, in some counties. There's poverty everywhere in the United States. But when we look at um, Palestine and what they're experiencing, it should be a reflection of what we are experiencing. And yet our government is saying war is a good investment. Where did we get what ha what's happening? It's like blah, 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 blah. Uh, where is the music? Let me let me play my favorite tune theme for this season that we're in, and let us just reflect for a minute where we are.
familiar to anyone and finally I think the it comes down to this serenity prayer each and every one of us has to make a decision uh, how we're going to stay in peace as things heat up as they will because the insanity seems to be ruling right now but here's a prayer that we should all just keep in mind as we go forward remember that our souls came here to have this experience. So let us be grateful for every experience, but at the same time, let us remember this prayer as we wake up every morning and go to sleep and stay in gratitude. We can still sing this song, this say this prayer. Yeah, so you 
and the wisdom is so needed in this moment. As Bruce said, the conflict is going to come, the race, the gender, uh, the wars, the conflict is going to rise to the surface. The dross from the silver rises, and we've got to resolve it, clean it up, clean it up, and let's create a better earth, a better place, a more peaceful place for our grandchildren. Our grandchildren are going to inherit a mess if we don't do something. So let us just make the effort to be wise and courageous so that we indeed can have peace. So thank you all for joining me this evening. I hope this has been helpful to bring you more peace and especially more gratitude. We're thankful, thankful that we don't have any bombs dropping on us yet. And every day is a new day to give thanks. So everybody have a great week. And tomorrow, Zelda is going to have another great show. She's going to do a part two uh, about triggers. We're going to go deep tomorrow with Zelda to help you all learn how to resolve your triggers, within, especially in relationships with other people that you see on a regular basis or not. But Zelda will be there to help us with our breathing in the morning and to guide us into more wisdom about triggers and how to resolve them. So everybody have a great week, and stay in gratitude, and shalom. So we're going to say good night or goodbye. We're going to say thank you now to our global family. That's all our sisters and brothers all over the world who I love and I appreciate and who are teaching me much. So let's say gracias and thank you.
And to all my yogi friends out there, Satnam and Namaste. And aloha to all you beautiful Hawaiians. Stay strong on Maui. Lahaina is coming back strong. Love you. Shalom. <laughs>